Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Wine and Dandy from Capital Broadcasting Company and WRAL-FM. I'm your host, Sarah King. And I'm your host, Jamie Kasky. And wine is fun, and we intend to prove it. And I think, Jamie, we got the right guy on the line. Uh, I feel like by looking by his Instagram, we definitely have a guy on who can talk about wine being fun. Yes, absolutely. We have on the line um, Maximilian Rydell, who is an 11th generation winemaker, well, excuse me, wine glass maker, I should yes. say, who is calling us from Austria. Hello, Maximilian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This episode today is about wine glasses. I have worked in wine most, most of my life, and Jamie is rather new to everything in well, the wine world. I've been drinking a lot of wine, Maximilian. But <laughs> I'm learning a little more about the finer things about wine. Exactly. So I've always wondered, you know, when I would go pour wine for tables, I'd have to get a Burgundy glass for a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay from France and uh, and I always wondered, did the glass really make a difference? So my first, my first question to you is, why are there so many shapes in glassware? Is this because of science or, or just because of tradition? Well, first of all, I'm happy that we're all into wine. Wine is a wonderful <laughs> subject. Wine is produced around the world. And uh, my family company is based out of Austria. And uh, we are in the 11th generation producing wine glasses. Sadly, no wine yet. And the reason why there are so many shapes is because my family is very eager to find the proper glass shape to suit every grape variety. Traditionally, there were a red wine, maybe a white wine glass, and definitely a water glass on the tables around the world. Mm -hmm. But uh, since my family has joined this kind of adventure of wine and wine glasses, we have somewhat twisted the approach. And fact is, if you're at home or anywhere with your friend and you open a bottle of wine and you serve it in different vessels, try the wine from the bottle versus a wine glass. It's a very good example. You see what the glass can do to simply enhance the enjoyment. Ah, so Jamie, you got to stop drinking your wine straight from the bottle. <laughs> By the way, that is a lie, and I do not. <laughs> I do not do that anymore. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. I don't do that. But I have good, to say, good, good. Everyone, even even I, a relative novice, um, have heard of your glassware. I mean, everyone knows about your glassware. And I am thrilled that we are talking to you and you were so kind to call us from Austria to talk about this because you're kind of a big deal here in America. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We have done a lot for it. Uh, we started our subsidiary in America in the 1970s. Uh, this was around the time when Mr. Mondavi really got into wine, wine making, and made California one of the best places to grow fruit for fantastic California cabernets. And so we were right there at the beginning when wine started to boom in America. And I personally lived in America for 15 years huh. before my father called me back to action in Austria to run the business. 
So I'm very keen on making sure that whoever in America opens a good bottle of wine gets to get the most out of it by using the proper glass. I see. Gotcha. That makes sense. And um, before we go any further, we always clink glasses at the end. But uh, as we were unpacking these gorgeous wine glasses that you sent us, you know, they knock together a little bit. And it's such a it's a much lighter uh, chime on that glassware. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the the sound that a glass can make when you clink it, and I'm actually all for clinking your glasses because some people say uh, it's not in fashion. Who cares? You know, wine needs to be <laughs> right. celebrated, right. and I like to hear the sound of glassware. Right. Uh, that's the only way how the wine speaks to us, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we don't hear it, and so the glass communicates for the wine. And uh, depending on the size of the bowl, depending on the shape of it, you hear a sound, either a high or a low pitch. On a tumbler, when you hold it with, in your palm of your hands, you don't hear anything. It's just a clonk. So right. that's why my family put all the wine glasses on long stems. Oh, because when sound. you hold the glass by the stem, by the stem only, then you, the glasses really make this beautiful chance. Oh, I love that. I don't, I don't like the stemless wine gla- glasses because I think that Ah, uh, come on. I they can be good, too. Well, I, I'm not a fan because I don't like the fact that I get the the wine warm by holding it. Like, I, there's something about holding a glass by a stem that, you know, it's elegant. and it, there's, Agreed. You know, there's just something. I just, I think it's just a nicer experience. It's because you're classy. Aren't I? Yes. yes that's it. That's <laughs> it. So, um, I... I want to ask you about, I'm looking at the three gla- four glasses that you sent. Thank you very much, by the way. Um, so we have a Chardonnay glass, and this is from their uh, Wine Wings, the Rydell Wine Wings. And is that a new line that you have? Absolutely. So I'm happy that you point this out. Uh, Wine Wings is a new collection. Uh, in the last 10 years, we've been very, very active in designing and developing new shapes. And uh, my grandfather invented the egg shape, my father the diamond shape, and I actually invented the modern wine tumbler. Ah. That's a oh, different I'm story. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, she's and, sorry. Uh, I like the tumblers no now. Problem, no problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this new wine wings is a combination of everything we have done so far. Ah. And what I really like about this collection, if you look at the base of the glass, it actually tells you what grape variety it's suited for. Most people buy beautiful glasses to take them home, open the kitchen cabinet, and they're confused which glass to use for what wine. And Wine Wings is the first glass collection that actually has on the base engraved the grape variety it's suited for. I love that you brought that up because, first of all, thank you. Any labeling is helpful when you're at home and it's all shoved into the cabinet and you're just in a quick hurry after after you get home from work and you want to have a glass of wine just because that's the best part of the day. Right. But I'm, I'm curious, that speaking of the shapes of the wine for the specific grapes, how do you discern that? What's it about the shape, say, of a Pinot Noir glass versus the shape of a Chardonnay glass that really brings out the best in each of those grapes? Yeah, so this is uh, what we stand for. This is what uh, made us uh, for everybody who knows wine, a very common uh, brand because we have really, together with the winemakers, and I mentioned Mr. Mondavi, and I could mention many, many very famous wine producers next to Mr. Mondavi who helped us develop the glasses. Uh, each shape is truly developed to enhance flavor, profile, aroma, parfum, 
of a particular grape. We have focused on the grape varieties themselves, and that's why at Riedel it's a little bit more complicated, but at the end it works much better, better suited for your wine. So there's a Cabernet glass, there's a Syrah glass, there's a Pinot Noir glass, and it's a, a test, it's a trial and error, where from producers of Cabernet, for example, from around the world, being it Bordeaux, being it in Austria maybe made, or grown beautiful Cabernet fruit in Napa Valley, mm-hmm. we have developed with the producers these shapes, because only if the wine, the particular grape variety, sits in that particular reader glass, you can see, experience, taste, and enjoy the wine exactly how the winemaker has envisioned Oh. I mean, wine is a natural product. It's fruit, you know, it's very difficult to produce. And I've tried it, I failed. Okay. And, and, and this is something where it's something we have to listen to the winemaker, not to journalists, wine critics. Mm-hmm. They all know how finished product should taste and smell like, but it's the winemaker with whom we developed our glasses to really dig deep and get the best out of those uh, wines. Nice. Well, nice. You've mentioned wine, and we have three bottles of Robert Mondavi in front of us. And I'm hoping, Maximilian, that you also have some Robert Mondavi in front of you. Do you? I actually have it already in my glass and I'm oh. enjoying One wow. step ahead. Uh, <laughs> here in Austria, we have, we have six hours six time difference, so I'm allowed uh, to have ready sure, sure. a glass of wine. Yes, it is almost noon here, which makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, his Insta- everybody go follow Maximilian's Instagram account because he's always having a good time. And some of the... Um, your You especially, I can tell, enjoy pouring wine. Yes. I can tell. Well, the pouring is an art. It's the way how I like wines to open up is by decanting wine. And I think that whoever is new to wine and learns about wine, sooner or later you stumble over a decanter. Because decanting, modern way of decanting, simply allows you to see the future of your bottle of wine. Because when wine is exposed to oxygen, it naturally ages. And the more you can expose it, in particular younger wines, the more they open up, they ripen in your glass or in your decanter, and you simply have a better enjoyment. Most people drink wine too young, and that's where decanting comes in handy. In the old days, we decanted wine to split the wine from its sediment, but uh, those kind of wines, modern wines, you have less sediment, and uh, people tend to drink them at a much younger age, and that's why decanting is so important. And this is one of my personal crusades. I love to develop the campus because I feel that the better looking the decanter is, the more people will reach out to it and use it because I simply feel red wine, white wine, even champagne should be decanted. I actually worked for a man, I used to sell wine in New York City uh, for Wiley Dufresne and his restaurants and his sommelier, Jeffrey, which is the classic Salmonier name, by the way, Jeffrey. He uh, always. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> he said that every bottle of wine should be decanted. There's not a bottle out there, even if you get it from the grocery store. Every wine does better once it sees a decanter. Do you agree with that? I love Jeffrey. Yes, I do too. He's great. 100%. All the Jeffreys. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. And uh, even rosé from Provence. I would recommend to decant young ones. Good to age rosé is a mistake. Uh, you should not have a bottle at home and be proud about it. That's maybe ten years of age. It's not going to get better. But the younger wines, 
in particular rosé are being consumed the next year over, uh, it can benefit from the canopy. Yeah, I would agree with that. When, and I do, I, I'm also going to mention that, I don't know if you've ever, I, you said you lived in America for 15 years. I don't know if you would ever go to thrift stores, but the, some of the decanters you find at thrift stores are awful. They're like fish or, you know, like <laughs> Shapes, chefs yeah. holding wine, but they're terrible. Your decanters are things of beauty. Oh, yeah. And we will definitely get a link to the Rydell. I've been saying it, how do you pronounce it? Because I said Rydell like an American. How is the proper pronunciation? Well, it rhymes with needle, so riddle. 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 Like Riesling. Got riddle. it. Yeah. Not we... Rydell High. It has nothing to do with John With Grease. Oh. <laughs> <So> riddle. <laughs> riddle. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and then I have a question for you about the size of these glasses. We're with Maximilian Riedel, and he is with the world-famous Riedel Glass Company. And he has graciously sent us some gorgeous Riedel wine glasses and wine. Maximilian, we should have you on with us every time. Um, (laughs) But I have to tell you, when we first opened the boxes, which are just stunning, even the boxes and how it's packed is terrific. And then everybody who walked by us here was like, what is happening? These glasses are so much larger with your new Riedel Wine Wings collection. Tell us why they're so big. They are definitely worth remarking on because everybody was looking at us like, are you all going to drink that much wine today? These things are pretty pretty sizable. <laughs> yeah. It's like go big or go home. That's right. right. No. Uh, the, reason, the reason, I mean, each one of those glasses, imagine, could hold a full bottle of wine. Whoa. I Which, if the doctor oh. tells you, if the doctor tells you a glass today is healthy, <laughs> choose the right glass. No. Right. I need to go um, to your doctor. Everybody get these wine wings, <laughs> just in case the doctor says that. <laughs> no. The idea is wine must be shared. You open a bottle of wine to share, to celebrate friendship and family. Uh, you shall never drink alone. Uh, and this is important to understand. But the size of the glass is uh, nowadays related to the concentration of the fruit in wine. Ah. Uh, wine techniques have changed, and obviously we are talking about climate change. And climate change has an impact on the economy of wine, on growing fruit, but also on the size of your glass. Oh, interesting. Uh, the bigger the wine, and when we call it a big wine, it's mainly due to how much fruit extraction we have and how much alcohol levels we have. Mm -hmm. And since the alcohol level in wine over the last 20 years has risen significantly, the glass has to grow with it. Because otherwise, if you pour a modern Cabernet from Napa Valley, which has about 14 to 15% alcohol, into a typical small glass from the 1980s, you will not be satisfied because these small bowls cannot communicate uh, the depth, the concentration modern wines carry, and therefore the glasses go big. Well, is it because of the the need for the, like, okay, these are globes. They're they're really quite large. And I'd say that the Cabernet has something that looks to be like a five-inch circumference across the bottom of the glass. Mm-hmm. And is that because you want the alcohols to evaporate so you can get to the, the nose of the wine, so you give it a larger surface area? Not only, not only. Uh, I, first of all, I would like to tell the listeners, don't be afraid of big glasses right. because <laughs> the dishwasher can handle them. Good? Okay. Um, 
and and it's not only about alcohol. Alcohol is a part of wine. It's a part that nobody likes to talk about, but it's not the only reason. It's just that the fruit is so concentrated. Um, it's so compressed. And if you serve a modern wine, red or white, in a big glass, the molecules are just flying freely. And so when you put your nose into the glass, you have all the different layers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Perfectly displayed. Just try it at home. Put the same wine in a big glass. Don't put it in a vase, but in a big glass versus maybe a, a traditional small sampling glass. Mm -hmm. And you, if you would have to decide which wine to buy, you would always go for the bigger glass because it just displays the aromas so much better. Okay. Well, even while you were speaking, I leaned over and um, tried that out on my Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> and it's so fragrant. I mean, it, it's it's a real aha moment because I've never had any wine Absolutely. out of glasses this yeah. size, but it's such a pleasurable experience because you really get a better nose on it. It's like a, a Bose sound system. It's like a loud, yes. loudspeaker. We yes. call our glasses the loudspeaker of wine, not only because you can plink them and they make a nice charm, mm -hmm. no, because you put your nose in there, you close your eyes after swirling the wine in the glass. And the fruit firmly jumps at you. It's amazing yeah. how uh, these glasses, the bigger the better, communicate the fruit of the wine. Exactly. One more question before we taste the wines that we have. And I'm noticing among these um, wine glasses that we have in front of us, the tops of the wine, the uh, the openings, the Sauvignon Blanc is quite, Small. it's much smaller than the Cabernet, and the, yes. they all vary at the top. So the bottoms narrow. are wide. Yes, exactly, yeah. narrow. That was the word I was looking for. Can you explain why yeah. the tops are different sizes? Absolutely. Because when we talk about the rim, it's not the top, it's the rim of a glass, which is on those glasses much more narrow. Yes. Is because the rim is responsible for guiding the wine flow onto your palate. Ah. So if you have a wide rim, the wine will flow wide onto your palate, into your mouth, and when it's narrow, it, fl it flows very pointy. You mentioned Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc is a, is a fruit, it's a grape variety, which is fairly high in acidity. So if a wine is high in acidity, the last thing I want is to boost more acidity. Right. I want to mellow it down right. by bringing it to the tip of my tongue, which uh -huh. is the center for sweetness. So I'm balancing the intense acidity by bringing it to the tip of my palate, and uh, all of a sudden, it's not as aggressive sour anymore. Uh, we are boosting the fruit, and we're balancing it. And that's what the rim is responsible for. So wow. if you compare different Riedel glasses side by side, first thing you need to point out is the rim diameter, which changes and varies from glass to glass. Yes. I had no idea. I assumed it had something to do with aromatics. I had never thought... Of delivery. Right, di directing it uh, onto your tongue. That makes so much sense, Maximilian. Excellent. So next it's up, the conveyor belt. Yeah, it's the yeah. conveyor belt of fruit. So next up, we're going to get into the wine. We're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back. Maximilian Riedel is with us from the Wine Glass Company. We've all heard of these glasses because they are gorgeous. The decanters are gorgeous. And he has graciously sent some Robert Mondavi wine, which you mentioned in the 70s, uh, is what brought you to the United States um, when, when our wine world was exploding. So where should we start? Let's taste these wines and see what a Chardonnay glass does for a Chardonnay. Right. You, you tell us what order we should go in, Maximilian. I would always start with the white wine 
followed by the red one. Okay. Uh, and so we should, uh, I think you have a Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and a Cabernet. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the origin of the fruit Chardonnay, just like Pinot Noir, is Burgundy, France. Ah. And most people really think that the Burgundy glass suits red and white, but it doesn't. So at Riedel, you have a white burgundy glass, which is simply our Chardonnay glass, and you have a Pinot Noir glass, which would be standing for red burgundy. I see. And when you compare those two glasses side by side, I believe you have both. On the base, it says uh, Riedel Chardonnay or Riedel Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. You see that the glasses, uh, starting with the rim diameter, is completely different. They the really are. The glass, the size of the glass, mm-hmm. exactly. Because we're talking in wine always about flavor contributors. And uh, when it comes to red wine, we have the maximum. That's why traditionally the red wine glass is the biggest on the table. Ah. So if you're new to wine and glassware, red goes into the big glass and white goes into the smaller glass. It's tradition, but it's also a fact. It's something that... Even over the last 30 years, we were never able to change. That, that's how it is. I see. And when you now serve the Chardonnay, mm-hmm. the white wine, uh, into or pour it into the Chardonnay and in the Pinot Noir glass side by side, uh, you would notice when you swirl the wine in both glasses, and you would not know because you didn't pour it yourself, you think that those are two different wines. Not by the color, not by the aesthetics, but by the pasta, by the nose, mm-hmm. and then also on the palate. If you take a sip, you notice that one glass simply conveys the message of this wine different because of the wine flow. And I mentioned this before, it's the rim diameter of the glass that guides the wine onto your palate. What a big difference. First of all, having... The nose in the Chardonnay from the Chardonnay glass is beautiful. Oh, yeah. It smells terrific. Oh, my goodness. And this Chardonnay is delicious. I've, mm-hmm. I've not had Robert Manavi Chardonnay in quite some time. Yeah. In North Carolina, yeah. where we are, where we are uh, podcasting from, when I was working in the restaurant industry, it was popular in like the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. and, and still very popular around here. But I just haven't had it. It's just got a lot more competition, but it's, oh, it's delicious. Beautiful, it's, it's a delicious. lot less oaky than it used to be. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the competition Smooth. and what you just mentioned, this kind of oakiness. Yeah. Uh, the American wine industry has learned to reduce this kind of oak uh, uh, pronunciation in their wines because... Uh, yeah, that's what they were famous for. But at the end, all Chardonnays appeared similar in the glass because of the oak dominance. And now they have mastered it in such a perfection that the oak is only there to support and to give a little bit of structure. But otherwise, uh, this wine reminds me of pineapple, of lemon, uh, different layers, mm-hmm. Asian pear. This is what you should find in the glass. And this is what this wine really stands for. Yeah, I'm, and first of all, I for one am very happy the oak, the yes. oak days are behind us, the heavy right. oak days. Because oh no, thank you. <laughs> it was just like a butter bomb, and I wasn't for it. Uh, yeah, this wine's delicious. I get a little bit of lemon zest. There's a the slight yeah, like a bit bitterness in it, but I, it's a it's a, like a lovely bitterness. Mm-hmm. Very good wine. Okay, That's let's impressive. move on to our next wine, Maximilian. Yeah, the next wine I would, uh, if you have a choice of red fruit, start with when I say lighter fruit. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people would take it the wrong way because you cannot say that Pinot Noir versus Cabernet is a light fruit. 
But when I talk about light fruit, I'm talking about the color. Mm-hmm. Pinot Noir, the skin of the grape is very thin. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the color extraction is uh, less than in a Cabernet fruit, in a Cabernet grape. And when you talk about Pinot Noir and the thin red skin, we're talking not only about the skin, but also on the profile, on the flavor. Mm. So the tannin in red fruit exists, and it exists in red fruit only. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the skin thickness of Pinot Noir, the tannin is much softer than in Cabernet. And that's the reason why I personally would serve Pinot Noir always before Cabernet or Syrah. I'm in the same camp as you, Maximilian. I, I enjoy it. It tends to be a little too overpowering of me, and I certainly can't sip it. If, I, if I'm going to drink it, I'll have to have it with food because there's yeah. no way I can just sip it. But, but she's going to today. Today, <laughs> just for you, I will. <laughs> so the, the nose is so leathery, and it's deli- it Again. smells almost, almost was Italian to me, which is crazy. And this is such a delight, Maximilian, because so often, and we, are, we, we have been maybe not using the ideal glasses before today, um, and sometimes we go, I'm not getting much nose on this, but with these Riedel glasses, I'm getting so much nose, and I am loving it. Mm. For me, wine enjoyment starts with the parfum, with the nose. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we should never underestimate, you know. Why is there a parfum Mm -hmm. industry? I mean, why do men and women around the world wear parfum? Because it's this scent, and uh, which can drive us even crazy, you know. (laughs) And uh, in, in wine, for me, this is just the same thing. And the bigger the glass, the more of the scent of this extraction, in this case, this Pinot Noir, where we have a lot of black cherries and plums, dark fruit, uh, the wine becomes alive. And the wine is good, but I think that the glass shows it even better. I'm Mm -hmm. looking very forward to trying this in a absolutely incorrect glass. And we're going to have to use these from our tastings from now on, by the way, because we oh, can't yeah. go backwards from here. No, no, I know. See, it's like Pretty Woman. We just can't go back to that life where we were before. Yeah, this Pinot Noir is delicious. It's very earthy. Um, and it's not... Peppery, a little peppery. A little peppery. Black pepper. But it's not as... A lot of wines from California I find to be quite over-extracted and raisinated. This is nothing like that. It's delicate. It's got... Mm-hmm. It's very feminine in expression. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. All right. And if you want to really experience the difference, just pour this Pinot Noir also into the Cabernet glass, which you have standing next to it, or the Sauvignon glass, and you will not be able to recognize the wine anymore. Well, we have so the glass has such an impact that you, from one glass to the other, within the Riedel collection, you will not recognize the fruit anymore. Okay, so yeah. we do have an empty Sauvignon Blanc glass. It loses a lot of the fragrance. I mean, does it? Oh my gosh! A lot of the nose. It yeah. smells completely different. You're right. It's like a different wine. That's so funny. How interesting! I'm going to taste it out of this. The, the the one that pours it onto the sweet and, part of your tongue. And wine at the end is an investment. You put money behind it, uh, depending on how much you want to afford. And uh, and then imagine you pour it into a glass, which doesn't give you any 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 feedback of the wine. What a waste of time and money. You're absolutely right. I am honestly kind of blown away by how different this wine tastes in a different yeah. glass. That really shows you it does matter. You don't want to use like a mason jar like I've been guilty of using oh, wow. perhaps while camping. I, I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. Or you yesterday. Know, you, know. Know, you know, life is life. Sometimes you want to have wine and you're in the woods. But uh, I'm going to make a, make a special backpack for yeah. camping with lovely wine. Yeah, use the stemless, real stemless glasses. 
Facebook yes. backpack. There you yes. go. <laughs> that Maximilian created. And yes. she likes those now. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. That's a good experiment. Okay. That's fun. And I should point out, people can purchase these Riedel Wine Wings four-packs and have this fun themselves while they listen to the podcast, which is really cool that you've got this great packaging and they can just get a nice selection of wine glasses for themselves just in time for the holidays. <laughs> Add it to your list. <clears throat> it's just kind of cool that if you're listening to the podcast and you become curious about this, you can get a lovely four-pack of these Riedel Wine Wings wine glasses and have this kind of fun yourself all the time and educate your friends. Yeah, good times. All right, and lastly, we have this Cabernet in the biggest of the glasses in our tasting, which is the Cabernet Sauvignon. It's like as big as my head, maybe half the size. Not, yeah, you're, 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 she's going to say something ugly about my head size, everybody. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Let's just say it's got its own zip code. Anyway, yes. <laughs> so this one is, is large, and I'm, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Cabernet Sauvignon to to be honest, but I will say this smells fantastic. Mm. Yeah, Maximilian, this smells so, it smells like, um, Pitted fruit. It smells a little jammy, which is not what I usually think of Cabernet Sauvignon. Too. Are you getting licorice? Oh, a little nice. bit. What do you think? Are we all wrong? So first of all, the Cabernet that you're having is a blend. Okay. It's not a hundred percent Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. It's a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Cabernet Franc, and I think even a percent of Malbec. Okay. So it's a masterpiece. It's a symphony. It's a symphony, and I love winemakers who are creative. And not just go with the flow, but really bring the best out of the terroir by blending different fruits. And this is one of the best examples. And uh, in, served in the proper glass, in the real wine wings cabinet glass, uh, to me, the wine really shows itself at the very best. Mm. Yeah, that's delicious. It's, it's a big wine for sure. There's, and and, and what, is so, what is so special when you know Napa Valley? Mm-hmm. Um, even though we have heard about the terrible fires and, uh, and, and the loss that people carry. But uh, this particular parcel where this wine is from uh, is surrounded by beautiful trees. And uh, it's a eucalyptus tree, which used to be very, very prominent in the Napa Valley area. And this wine really has a little bit of eucalyptus yes. in, in it. Yes. So that... there's no eucalyptus in the wine, but the fruit, you know, the vine sucks mm-hmm. the truth out of the, the soil. Yes. And so you can always, uh, in a blind tasting, identify it. Did you just say the, the wine sucks the truth out of the soil? Did the you just... truth, yes. Oh, the... oh. I was like, because that is a beautifully poetic. profound <laughs> statement you just made. <laughs> but I, I... <laughs> We're gonna I'm going to write that, that down <laughs> and put it on a T-shirt. Um <laughs> I, but I did. I actually, I said it, t- I got licorice, but it was eucalyptus. That's exactly what I was getting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah wow. Exactly I'm so. Right. Beautiful. I, that, wow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that, thanks to your glassware, you really. It, and, and, and it just exactly proves that the glassware really like uh, a Japanese sword. It, it layers, it slices the different layers of this wine so that you can even identify the eucalyptus in there. And when you read the tasting notes of this wine, you can't, you don't read it about it. But I remember this wine as a child, or as it, when my father brought those bottles from America when we were uh, in those days, in the 1980s and 90s, and this was always dominant. And they still have this kind of signature 
in their Cabernet Sauvignon, which is amazing. It really is. It's beautiful. Honestly, it's one of the only Cabernets I've ever actually enjoyed. But now that I have a proper Cabernet Sauvignon glass, I'm going to try some others, and perhaps I'll have a new like. <laughs> she owes it all to you, Maximilian. That's right. Thank you for opening her mind. Um, I, have, I have one last question about glassware, and then we'll have to wrap this up. Um, champagne. I enjoy my champagne in a flute because I love the bubbles. I think they're beautiful. There's something elegant about drinking out of a wine flute. But I know within the wine world at large, they're not considered the best way to taste champagne. Talk to us about the best glassware for champagne. But I'm sorry to uh, bring it to your attention, but you're making a mistake. Uh-oh. The flute <laughs> is tradition. The flute is tradition. The flute is elegant. And it's great marketing because what do you drink from a flute? So obviously champagne and every champagne actually would benefit also sparkling wine from the West Coast or East Coast would benefit from a bigger glass. So I was uh, personally responsible of changing the world of wine when it comes to champagne because I introduced the modern champagne wine glass, which resembles more of a white wine glass than a flute. Uh, The last thing you want to use for champagne is the saucer, is the coupe. Ah, This is something where you are... Uh, maybe you look cool, but you also uh, present yourself as somebody who knows nothing about this beautiful beverage. Yeah. <laughs> because when you drink or suck the, the, the juice from a coupe, all you have in your mouth is foam. It foams up and you have very little taste and you definitely have no parfum, no nose. So as I said, you look like a hipster, but at the end, it proves that you have no idea about this beautiful beverage. Yeah. And uh, when you serve champagne in a, in a, maybe in a white wine glass versus the real champagne wine glass mm-hmm. versus the flute, you just put your nose in there. People always think that the traditional parfum, the nose of champagne, is this kind of bready, toasty nose, which actually is just the yeast. And the yeast is not made to be presented as a domination versus the fruit. Ah. Fruit first. And in a, in a white wine glass, when you serve the sparkling wine or champagne, you have this beautiful parfum that the champagne carries. Champagne is, when it comes to the production method, the most expensive wine out there because it goes through such a, a, a process. And why waste it when serving it in the flute? So the flute, as I say, is great marketing. But it does nothing for the enjoyment. Serve it in a white wine glass and you enjoy champagne, new, different, and at its very best. You changed her life two times today, Maximilian. (laughs) You've totally changed her life. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, and that's what I've heard. I just was hoping you could tell me I was in the right. Um, But I will say I do use use coops, though, for cocktails. They make great cocktail holders. Right. right. Agreed. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we want people to learn more, as we did today, about your beautiful and extremely functional. I I mean, I honestly just thought that Riedel was the finest glassware you could get for our wine. And I didn't even, neither of us knew about how much you all have done with the functionality of tasting. And that's just amazing. So we want to drive people to um, check it all out. You very nicely sent a little book. We have a little Riedel, the Wine Glass Company book that shows all the different collections. But people can also find that online and that's at r-i-e-d-e-l 
L.com. R-I-E-D-E-L.com. Now, Maximilian, we enjoyed um, looking at your Instagram page. Please tell people how to find you on Instagram because it looks just like a party all the time. It is a party. Life must be a party. And when you are part of the wine industry, well, it's my dream job come true. Yeah. And you can find me on Maxi Riedel on Instagram, and you'll see how wine is proper decanted and the world of Riedel glass. And at the end, we're just servants for those who really enjoy wine at the best, because in the Riedel glass, the wine shows itself, uh, at least to my point of view, at its very best. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Maximilian, for joining us. Again, we're speaking to Maximilian Riedel, who the 11th generation CEO and head of a 300-year-old family company. You revolutionized glassware, and you've changed my life today, Maximilian. You have. So- <laughs> we're coming to Austria to see you as soon Appreciate as it. we can. Yes. Which, but- who knows when that please, will be. Once we please can- come. Please uh, we- come. We would love to. So thanks very much for your time today. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.